Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can help the show financially by going to the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com website and clicking on either the Amazon.com or Fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online. Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Orr fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson. Back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Scores! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindlin. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. Bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over to Rossi. It's loose. And Bergeron scores! Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for 60, episode 69 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Um, welcome back, Court. Welcome back, Rob. Hopefully, everybody's weeks have been, um, or last week was good. I uh, I couldn't make a show yesterday because I wasn't feeling very well, and and uh, the weather around New England kind of sucks, but we're going to get the show done today and try to keep it under an hour, but uh, you guys good? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm just um, enjoying uh, the whole weather situation that you were all talking about. <laughs> yeah. We, we talked about that off air. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I got to say, I, uh, this is like the first the first week that I've actually felt a little positive in the, in the, in the games last week. There was only two of them on Thursday night against the San Jose Sharks. Um uh, a two to one win. I thought that that game was like it was more or less an up and down game. There was a lot of things that went wrong in that game, but um, the 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 two points are definitely what's most important. And uh, the game on Saturday against the Kings, um, what a freaking heartbreaker! And and I think that that was just a total total solid effort to get right to, to overtime. But uh, Tyler Toffoli. 
rips one right off the face off past Tuka Rask, and unfortunately, LA wins two to one. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on the games last week? I'm just curious. They're they're two of the toughest teams in the NHL to get points against. I think we were good to get two points against San Jose. I think we were even better to get a point against LA, who have been unreal down the stretch. So I'm I'm happy with those three points. I really am. I think that makes up for the lost points the last few weeks. Yeah, I thought the game against San Jose was uh, was a great effort. Um, I was happy we beat Martin Jones. You know, kind of felt good for no apparent reason. Um, and I I got to, I didn't get to watch the game live against LA, but uh, I got to watch it the next morning, and I thought the team played great. Um, you know, point nine seconds it sucks, but uh, they still got a point out of it. But unfortunately, no one's going to look at it that way. They're going to look at it as a loss, but. Uh, it is what it is. I know people are going to say, oh, the clock didn't move. They didn't do this, didn't do that. You know what? There's nothing you can do about it now. Um, it sucks, but it's something to, le- to, to learn from. There's that picture that's going around the internet um, that has uh, Pasternak just looking over at the bench and looking over at the L.A. Uh, uh, celebrating. I'm hoping it's a jump-off point, and it's going to push him, push the team in a different direction. Yeah, That's what I'm hoping for because Cassidy said it himself after – and I even joked when I was watching, I was like, oh, just get a face-off penalty. Who cares? You're going to go to a shootout regardless. Get Bergeron out there. Didn't do it. It is what it is. Yeah, that, that was a little strange um, to have somebody that's, that doesn't normally take draws. But uh, like you said, it is what it is. But definitely could have been different. Um, I don't know. It was, that was just a weird – I mean, to me, that was just a, a very well – thought of quick play and and I definitely have to say that you know Tuka was definitely in position to make that save it just I don't think he realized where it was actually coming from you know because he's 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 really focusing on the face-off dot and watching the puck from there but I mean a split second later bam it's in the back of the net I mean you can't I'm not going to discredit anybody for not having a good play like that but I mean, oh well. The only thing I was questioning is what happened to the... Like, every time it comes down to that point in a game, they overload the the side of the... Like, the side of the face-off dot where the net is. Like, usually you'll have both defensemen there uh, and, like, one winger. Can they not do that anymore? Do they have to set up in a certain way? or Because I've I've never seen the rules change on that. I don't think so. I think because it's... most teams just they put two defensemen to cover that that shot that kind of, but I don't know. It, like Court said though, there's even with the whole clock thing, which I I've not seen any photo or anything where the clock hasn't started until Toffoli got it, like everyone says. But um... there are there are pictures. I've seen the pictures. Yeah. They do exist, but that's Nesson's broadcast. That, I don't know if that's. Accurate, yeah. Exactly. Because, because what if the game clock didn't start on the broadcaster side and not in the actual like game clock? I'm not sure. I've seen yeah. I've seen there's an actual picture with Toffoli winding up for the shot and it still says point nine. Yeah. Yeah, I but saw I, that I've too. I've seen I've seen Nesson's clock run over on 
like normal play. Like one thing I did, I played hockey last night, and uh, uh, we tested it out just to see. I don't know. Point nine <laughs> seconds is not a lot of time. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it is what it is. I, we it, it's think about it. It's one Mississippi is the second, right? Mm. Yep. Dropping a puck. If the ref has his hand in the air and dropping the puck, that should be your second right there. Just, just oh, yeah. that up by there. the so, time by the time the puck hits the ice, like that second's over. Yeah. So no. I I I don't want to get in the conspiracy theorists. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, but in gone. my honest opinion, I really doubt the clock got started. Yeah, but do you really think Boston are going to beat him in the shootout anyway? To be honest with you, I to be honest with you, I don't know. Like Pasternak, if it all depends on who you're going. You don't have Spooner, who's usually good in the shootouts, but yeah. I've never seen um, Anders Bjork in a shootout. Jake DeBrus seems to have some pretty dirty hands. So Heinen's good in the shootout. He has it, been for it, the Providence Spurns. Yep. Shootout is a, uh, a flip of a coin. I'd rather have gone to a shootout than lose the way we did. But yep. we still the, got a point. The thing is, it as well, it's and not to like to his horn or anything but it's jonathan quick in the other net and he is really hard to beat in the shootout because he's so unpredictable yeah because he plays that uh, uh, he plays that net down low you can't get you have to go high yeah. on him all the time yeah and it, it's hard to get around him because he's so agile and i've seen teams outplay the king so many times and go to the shootout and lose so I'm not 100% sure Bruins were going to get an extra point anyway. So, I don't know. That's just me being unoptimistic, I think. Right. Hey, we we went to we went to overtime with one of the best teams in the league. Oh, yeah. Like, and LA's playing out, very well hockey, well. right? Yeah, and we beat San Jose. If you look at yeah. it, between the two games, we had... Oh, God, I hate it. We had eight penalties against, six in the San Jose game, two in the LA game. Only one goal against. So the penalty killing starting to play better. I mean, the power play, the, the penalty killing start to play better. So it is what it is. Like, I don't know. We didn't get a power play goal, which sucks. Our power play needs, all we need is our power play to start hitting. And we'll be fighting on all cylinders because we need to start putting goals in the net. Yeah, That's yeah. our biggest problem. We have, we have out, out offensive outbursts. Sorry, my, uh, my mouth doesn't work. Um, we have our offensive outburst every now and then, but it seems to be in one game. We need consistently. Uh, just need some more goals. And we have the yeah. players. Doesn't mean we need a trade. Just means oh, we right. need to start scoring. And I, I was also going to mention the fact that do you not think it's better with McAvoy playing with Chara and Carlo playing with Krug? Yes, I do. As much it as I want that to be so here. much more steady. I, the one thing I noticed in the San Jose game, because I got to watch it more, is what it allows for Chara is for Chara to be that guy, the net front presence, which he is yeah. better than almost a lot of the guys in the league. And McAvoy does the chasing, yeah, does the one yeah. that goes in the corners, which is perfect. And then Carlo was able to be the defensive presence for Krug. So it's yeah. it actually works. Like originally they had Krug with Kevin. I like Carlo and Krug to better. Because Krug isn't playing too well lately. I'm sure he'll turn it around. He usually is a little slow at the beginning of the year. But uh, it's allowing Krug to do his offensive. And Carlo's making up for those mistakes. And then vice versa for, for Chara. Chara doesn't have to skate as hard because he's yeah. just pushing the guys in front. And McAvoy's the one going in the corners. Just from what yeah. I saw. And you didn't see that. Like, you know, you always see that pale red nose Chara late on in the game. 
you didn't really see that as much uh, in the last two games. I, I thought he looked like he was quite well rested by the end of the games. So he uh, not, played not in overtime. For he the played games. twenty minutes against San Jose. Uh, sorry, against LA. Chara didn't have the most ice time. Not even close. Not even remotely close. He was third for the defenseman for ice time. So yeah. number one was McAvoy with twenty nine minutes. Oh my God! Just looking wow. at that, just I love wow. this kid. Krug, obviously being a minus two, and we know what happened with his passes and so on and so forth. He had twenty one minutes, and then Chara had twenty minutes, and then in the San Jose game, um, I have a funny feeling that McAvoy is, is now taken over as the. Yeah, I think uh, he's. Okay, no. Chara had 26 minutes in the San Jose game, and then McAvoy had 19. So, what Cassidy did is he learned that maybe Chara maybe go every other game. But, if you remember, the reason why Chara had so many minutes is because he is our penalty kill. Him and Patrice Bergeron are the penalty kill. Plain and simple. Yep. Yeah, with Krejci out and McQuaid out. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So, uh... I really like the play of Schaller. Yeah, he, he's show. really, really stepped it up for me. Um, he's definitely showing that he's he can be that um, that fourth line presence and and uh, the special teams, like you said on on the uh, penalty kill. I thought he's been really yeah, in good in that San Jose game. I I honestly thought he was like the player of the game for me, just from what I was watching, just for yeah. every, his all around game, what he did out there. Well, they he changed it up a lot as well because it used to be. Bergeron and Marchand as like the first penalty killing unit and then you kind of had like what was it Krejci and one of the bottom line guys usually or last well, year yeah. it was Dominic Moore and either Krejci or someone else yeah. but now it's like you have Bergeron and Marchand but then you have like five six guys you can interchange into that second PK unit well, it seems he's doing a three-man unit. If you look at the between the two games, so it's Bergeron, Marchand, Schaller, and Nash, because we know he loves Nash, and then it's Heinen and Bacchus. Yeah. From the two games in a row, that if you look at the the ice time, it's those four guys, those five, six guys, sorry. Yeah. So the um, the upcoming games uh, this week are uh, against Columbus tonight. Um, oh, who was who was right last week? I was off. Uh, I, I did we even do? Yeah, we did. Uh, I don't know. I, I hate I hate being two weeks in the row. Right, it's I bad. Think, it's I, not I good when I'm. No three. one got. <laughs> no one got the the overtime loss. No. Well, so, you guys told just, me we couldn't talk about overtime loss. It was just oh, win or lose. Okay. Is this win loss? I can't even remember. I guess I gotta keep track, better track of that. One of you two were right, and I was completely wrong as usual. You you were well, remember because you you thought you were going to completely wrong. You went out on a, a ledge again. You went three and zero week, and then you went two and one. Yeah. So the game the games this positive. <laughs> the games this week are uh, on the road tonight in, in Columbus. Um, yeah. and Columbus is playing uh, well. Uh, Bobrovsky's. Um, uh, playing up to his name. <laughs> and uh, uh, Thursday night, they go come back home uh, for another a rematch of the um, the game they played against the Vegas Golden Knights. And Saturday, they played the Washington Capitals. And if you look at the month of uh, November, it, it, this is going to be 
a very very tough month and 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 a huge adjustment period for this for this uh Bruins team um i mean there's there's a ton of games it's not going to be easy and a lot of these games are favoring to the wednesday to saturday schedule um so yeah. you're going to have uh there's going to be a couple few um uh back-to-backs but i mean you got teams like uh, minnesota the rangers uh toronto uh, going out in the uh, West Coast to play Anaheim, uh, L.A., San Jose. I mean, and then Pittsburgh, Edmonton, and Tampa Bay to round off the month is, is not going to be easy. But hopefully our boys can, can get together and, and be ready for this because it, it's going to be a challenge. Well, Bruins are one of only three teams to only play nine games. So yes. they've got to make up the games right. Soon. We've, we've got the four wins. Three of them were on Thursday. I don't know what's up with that. Three of them were on a Thursday. One of them on a Saturday. Yeah. Weird stat, but it's there. Um, so, what are your time. predictions for this week then? I'm 0 3. Oh, I'm going to say. Sorry, man. I'm going to say 1 and 2. I'm going to say I'm going to take the Vegas game. And oh, that's uh, tonight. Just, you're killing. I know tonight. Tonight, I'm not sure, and Saturday, I'm definitely not sure because uh, you never know what team Washington can bring, and they've been kind of a, like a disappointment lately. I mean, in, in my that's eyes, the game I, yeah, I, that's the game I think we can win. I think tonight will be a very tough game, low scoring game, but I'm hoping it's not. So, hey, how about this? Everything I say, the opposite happens. Tonight's yeah. a low scoring game, and we're gonna, uh, you know, let's just be bizarro world today because I can't be right three weeks in a row. I'm going to go 2-1 and one then because it's completely different to you guys. All right. And I think they're going to struggle against Vegas because isn't it Oscar Dansk that is playing for them yes. right now in net? Yeah. Flo- and he is playing very such well. a good goaltender. Yeah. Um, oh, Flurry's like out it. with a concussion. Malcolm Subban is out with lower body groin, I believe. And they have uh, Oscar Dansk and, um, and somebody else that they, they brought up to to back him up. So... Yeah, you got a shutout in his first game. Oscar. Yeah, I picked yeah. him up. I had him in that first game, and he got me a shutout. Speaking Steve of Van's balls, blew up after he beat what, Boston. What the hockey pool? Me and me and Robert won too. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, that is so fixed. I'm calling Yahoo. We're gonna discuss who's, this. Who's number one though? Yeah, look at you with the 19 one and six record, and I've never played fantasy hockey before. Hey, hey, Rob. Rob <laughs> both, of both, both of us were ten and zero last week. Me and Rob. Uh, yeah, and I'm ten and zero this week. I think. Yeah, no, same here. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just happy oh, I'm in the top it's... five. That's all. It's a long year. Center depth. Right. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, uh, Court touched on a little bit of the Tory Krug. Uh, interesting conversation on one of our Facebook groups. Um, uh, I believe it was Daniel uh, Burris. He. Was Darren? Darren, sorry. I'm, I'm just, I'm way off today. But um, he was mentioning something about Tory Krug and, and his play lately. Uh, and obviously he had off-season surgery uh, and, and the and the pucks to the face and the broken jaw. And so my thing is, I'm always one of these guys that just says that if you're not 100%, what are you doing on the ice? 
It's just kind of, it kind of, I kind of get the feeling that these guys really rely on him, and I believe they do, and that's fine. I mean, you have to have that in the team. You have to be willing to go out there and do whatever you can do, and 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 I I, I definitely commend that. But it, he just doesn't seem right this year, and he, it, whether it be the shoulder, whether it be the jaw, or whether it be the 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 new mask that he's wearing to protect that jaw, and and uncomfortable or. Uh, vision i'm not sure i'm not trying to make excuses or anything like that but he's got he's really got to step it up i i don't think it's any of that i i think honestly he's just trying so hard to prove himself as a reliable top 4d man that he's making mistakes it, it it's like a rookie season like like carlo did few mistakes here and there i mean tory krug's had mistakes but Everyone's forgetting that his mistakes have led to goals. That's why we know about them. Right. If his mistakes hadn't led to goals, no one would even question him. So I, I think the honest thing is that he's just trying too hard. Ripping his stick. Yeah. Well, you look at him. He looks up the ice, and he's got he's got three guys to look at. A lot of them are playing deep in the zone. So he hasn't really got anyone to pass just straight to. And I think he's just overthinking it a lot too much. He's trying to make that flashy pass and look better. But it's uh, yeah. a man, you, he did make the mistake on the, wasn't it a really uh, Bergeron who came deep to get the poke? And but, just but I was, I was, the pass. I was, I was saying to someone else the other day, you know what? We always remember the last mistake. <laughs> But what about the five or six that happened before that, before Tory Krug even made it? Yes, Tory Krug made an absolutely bonehead pass on the first goal. Bonehead. Yes, he, he iced the puck, but a million times players ice the puck and a million times nothing happens. But because something happens, we're like, oh, it's Toy Krug's fault. He's a bag of pack. He's a bag of pucks. <laughs> you know what, people? Sorry. He's playing in the NHL. He's not a bag of pucks. Unfortunately, he made a bad mistake. But if we watch the play, I'm sure that a million other mistakes happen right before that to lead to his mistake. Yeah. Right. It's just think unfortunately I'm... that we're singling out him. Feel bad for him because he is playing bad. But yeah. he is a good hockey player, and I'm sure he will come out of this. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's a ton just of a time. defensive slump. Yeah. Um, We've seen it with Carlos had a, dis- a defensive slump all the beginning of the season, had bad bad games. Uh, he's come out of it lately. Um, McAvoy's had bad games at the beginning of the season. Um, he's come out of it, so it's just a matter of time. Oh, hopefully he finds the game because he's going to need it this month yeah. or, or next month. Um, definitely got to touch on Matt Bolesky. Uh This is a this is a subject that is uh, concerning. What what would you guys do? Would you, uh, is is the AHL an option? Um, obviously, uh, there's rumors around that that the team might be have him on the block, um, and 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 if if he is on the block. Do you think a team would take him? But more importantly, do you think that the another team would ask um, the Bruins to uh, uh, shed some of that salary or save some of that salary, retain some of that salary? Uh, I don't think anyone would ask the Bruins to retain salary unless it's a contender, and I don't think a contender is going to go for uh, going to go for a guy like Bolesky who's pointless. Uh, I honestly think if he goes anywhere, he goes somewhere like 
Arizona, who's got a lot of youngsters, just as a kind of role model guy, locker room leader type guy. Um, I'd see that as one of the only places he'd go to. I don't think anyone would pick him up on waivers. So, no. I don't think he's going anywhere. So I think it, he'd only go somewhere based on a cap, but to, to one thing about players on the block, and I air-quoted when that is, but every single player on the Bruins is on the block unless your name is Marchand, Pasternak, McAvoy, Bergeron. Technically, anybody's available. It's It's, I think... It's just my personal opinion. Cassidy, uh, not Cass, sorry, uh, Sweeney's asked around, but he's probably asked around about a bunch of guys, and he's trying to toss him into something. But he probably tried to do that in the off season as well. It's just, you know, the the reporters and and people around Facebook are tired of uh, dumping on Rask, so they decided to, hey, let's talk about trading Matt Bolesky. <laughs> so, so with with nobody sh- probably showing any interest at all. Uh, you guys don't think the AHL is an option, do you? Yeah, of course. If if you can send him down for, say, like five games and let another guy get a spot that's down in the AHL, sure. Like, right. let, let's see what one of the younger guys can do on limited minutes on the fourth line. Well, I mean, there's plenty of young guys in the, in the roster already, but I'd love to see where a guy like Sinitian is just for a couple of games or just let him have that experience in the NHL. Uh, I, I think it'd be good for someone like that. Well, it's, it's funny because at the beginning of the season, we said it's either going to be Vitrano or uh, Bolesky that's going to be uh, popcorning on the ninth floor. Well, at least we got one out of them, right? Yeah. I, I said to you the other night, Mark, I thought Vitrano played very well in the San Jose game. Yeah, we're going to touch on, I think, definitely touch on I him. I think he played I think he played well again in the LA game. He's the minutes. He, he's not. He's having quality minutes. He's not producing, but he's having quality minutes for what he's out there as a role. He's actually doing something. That's the only thing I'm noticing. He's not hurting the team, but he actually is helping the team, even though he's not generating the offense. Yeah. The uh, just jumping back on Bolesky real quick. The reason why I don't think the NHL, the AHL is an option is because they didn't do this with with with. Um, what's his name? The guy that's really Jimmy Hayes. Yeah, Jimmy Hayes. Oh, the guy that's the guy that's like lighting it up in New Jersey. That's Vegas. That's just that's... <laughs> Boston. I love how people say lighting it up, but I was I joking. Think... That's sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I I just someone said the other day like, oh, Jimmy Hayes has like three points, and I was like, sort of every New Jersey player. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like everyone scored a goal. I know that for New Jersey. And I'm pretty sure all of them have at least one or two points. So that is, it's just New Jersey playing well. Stop. Well, Stop no, every hey, time a player goes somewhere good, else. Good for Jimmy Hayes. He's actually, I, I, I've always said it. Jeez, I even wrote an article about it last year. He's not as bad as everybody thinks. But unfortunately, mm. he got dumped on. He's in his hometown. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. He's now playing without pressure. And he can... He's not gripping his stick as much as he used to. And if he's his role is to go to the net. And now he's in New Jersey, he just goes to the net. He's a lot like Brian Boyle. You know, Boyle's just a little bit faster, but same size. Yeah. And now he's now he's putting in goals by going to the net. But when he was in Boston, it just you know, people jumped on them happen. a little too much. Yeah, it just And the Bruins have always struggled to score. So it is what it is. Yeah. But you know, good for him. Um 
I think with the whole Bolesky thing, I would throw him down in the minors and see what happens. You never know. Maybe someone will take him. Yeah. I mean, I know Bruin, I know Boston never does it. You're right, Mark. Never do. I'd, it. I'd love to see him put him down there for five games, watch him score two or three goals, and when he comes back up, I, I think once he puts the puck in the net in a game, like no matter whether it's the NHL or the AHL, I think the whole like pressure goes. Yeah. Like I, I think you turn a tap, the pressure goes, and he just starts playing again. Yeah, it gets his confidence back. Yeah, the yeah, monkey off the back. Yeah, he's struggling so bad. And um, he's and he's it, sitting tonight. It's frustrating. Yeah, but it's frustrating to watch because he is sitting. Like, he's not playing bad. He's not, like, doing a bad job out there. He's just not putting the numbers up. Right. So, I mean, it's just painful to watch because every time I see him get on the ice and the offense is on, I'm like, please just get one. Please. Just like a really bad... Like puck lane on the line, and he just taps it across. He's. I'd love to see him get one. He's trying to do too much. That's all, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. He's it's, he's fallen into the whole trap of Jimmy Hayes last year. Jimmy Hayes was trying to do everything in the world after his huge performance the year before against Ottawa, and everybody was loving it. He was like, "Oh, I'm going to go out and do that every night." Well, that's not what his role is. Valeski should go out there, bang in the corners, you know, get the puck out and get it to the people that can shoot. And, and goals will happen. He's a rebound-type goal scorer. And unfortunately, he's trying to do other things. He's he's trying to do something that he, that's not his game. Yeah. Um, one scary stat going into this week, top 10 save percentages in the league as of right now. Kings are number one, who we just went to overtime with. Golden Knights are number two. Blue Jackets are number four, five. Wow, good them tonight. Yeah, and we got the Knights... Yeah. Um, Frank Petrano, I I want to there's some I need to say something about this. Um, okay. I I harped on him pretty bad, and I admit that. And when I say things, I I I definitely um admit it. So, but what I've seen lately is I've seen him get sat. I've seen him go from the uh, a third line. And then I go then go to the fourth line, but the past two games I've seen a lot of difference in his game. Um, it, it just seems like he's a little more intensity, especially when he gets aggravated. Have you noticed that he's been more chattering and gets in the in the mix after the whistles and so on? He's finding his role. Yes, he thinks he's a goal scorer when he he can score. But he has a lot of uh, a tendencies to try and get under people's skin. He's fast and he's tiny, and he should use that to his advantage. And he has been, because when he goes up against the big guys, that he's going to draw penalties. Right. And that's and I think and I know I said to you after the LA game or I, I San Jose game, I sent you a message and you were like, "Well, I'm looking for consistency." And I totally understand that. Yep. And then when he came out against the LA game, I'm like, "There we go." Yeah. I'm like, he's found his role. He will not, as of right now, if he continues to play like this. He stays on the roster, and Bolesky doesn't dress again unless they throw him in just for a game to see what's going on because Heinen has taken that other role. Um, and that that kid, what a great game against San Jose. I thought I, – Awesome. Yeah. I mean, he gets the two, his first two goals. Um, 
one of the first one was a great one, and he breaks through the defense, and and he gets that rebound, just shoots it right over. Um, uh, yeah, I don't even remember the goalie's name Jones. now. Yeah, Martin Jones. Oh, the, the guy that. The, yeah, guy. the guy that everybody wants. To yeah. <laughs> but no, and yeah. he got in. He got interfered with on the play as well because it was it uh, Vlasic that like tried to nudge him a bit as he went through the deep. Yeah, Pickles yeah. went yeah. after him. Yeah, and he just floated right through the middle of both of them like Wait. it was nothing. First goal is a shorthanded, second NHL goal, game winner. Yeah. yeah. He must have been cloud nine. And that and that second one, I gotta give uh, I gotta give a ton of credit to uh, Brandon Carlo for that that back I, I mean I thought it was gonna be a shot, but it was actually a, a pass off the back backboards, came out and Heinen just grabbed it and kind of put it right in, which is really sweet. Nice, uh, nice hands, good balance, real fast play. Yeah, I, I was surprised that he even saw that puck coming. Right, because that's that's hard to see through the net in judging where the puck's going and everything. But he just picked it out like it was nothing. Hey, think about it in the LA game. If um, Martian, who he was coming in hot, doesn't flub that puck, game's over and they win. They don't even go to overtime. Hashtag blame Marshan. <laughs> no. Oh boy. I, okay. No? Yeah, I wanted to make it. So okay. I was just gonna say for the rest, I'm not blaming anybody for the rest of the year. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Gonna try a different way to look at things. You never know. Hashtag blame Neely. Nah, not even gonna blame. Him. They're all uh, trying out there, man. Yeah. But things do have to get better, and 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 hopefully they will. And like I said earlier, this is gonna be a tough month. Um. Uh, tough week. Tough they week. Really, you, they come out winning. They win if they come out and get uh, four out of six. It's going to be a jumping point for the season. They can get four out of six points this week. That's a jumping point for the season. They they should just you know all look at each other and say we can do this. Yeah, well, we are a team that can cut, compete in this division. Four out of, four out of six points for the next three weeks would be huge. Wow. You know, it's aggressive. I know, but I want, I'm hoping for the best. Week, though, if, if they can come down and take down Bobrovsky, who's been playing amazing, and then go into Las, uh, play Las Vegas and beat Las Vegas, um, I still think they're going to beat Washington. Um, I just, oh, it'd be great. It'd be awesome. I, I hope we win tonight. Thank God it's not in Boston. I heard uh, there's a lot of power out across uh, Massachusetts. Sorry for everybody. But, uh at least it's a hockey game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't have anything else written down. Um, I know you hate this quote, but has anybody got anything else they want to talk about before we close this out? Don't hate anything, Mark. I know. But <laughs> Hey, I, how about this? We can talk about the positives that Rask actually played a nice game. And he and he did, and yeah. After after that uh, concussion protocol that he went through, obviously uh, that was after the uh, Vegas game, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought he played very well. Um, and, he, you got know. Hit, he got hit in practice. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes, that's right. I thought it was because he got run in. Um, nope. In the Vegas game, but no, no Andis Bjork. Bjork. Yeah, Andis Bjork. Yeah. Um, well, Carlo put Bjork into him. Right. But, so, like, coming, yeah. coming in to play a team like L.A., stopping, he, he faced 30 shots. Um, he played well. Uh, he was covering his angles. 
um, the first goal, um, you know, it's a breakaway. It's a 50-50 chance. I'm sorry. Everybody's like, oh, make the big save or whatever. You know what? It's a breakaway. It's actually in the shooter's advantage. I've played hockey my whole life. It is not in the goalie's advantage on a breakaway. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, but I definitely thought he played well coming back from getting his bell rung. And um, there's, there's a... Well, there, were, there was two times that he had, like, four saves in under five seconds. Yeah. There's two times in the LA game, and no one even looked like they were going to go anywhere near the rebounds. Like, uh, Carlo pushed, boxed one guy out, kept him away from the rebounds, did a really good job of it. And that's where Tuka's best. Like, if if his D men can box out and keep that zone empty, the rebounds are short, they're in front of him. He's able to cover up. It's when the demon don't cover that that he gets beaten. Yeah, that's the biggest the biggest difference between Doby and uh, and, and Tuca is Doby and he'll bet it. He's admitted it after every game. He's erratic. Um, I, I think a friend of the show, uh, uh, Colin, um, he he was he interviewed uh, Hudobin about his rebound control, and he kind of like looked at him like oh, you know a little erratic style. Um, his rebound control isn't there, so that's why it always looks like. One of the things I was noticing at first, I was like, oh, it seems that they cover the rebounds more when Adobin's in the net. Well, no, it's because Doby kicks the puck out so much and doesn't control the rebounds. But he yeah. still play, his style works. Like against San Jose, he played well. You know, yeah. San Jose had 37 shots on goal. Yeah, if you take the puck away from the guy who's crashing the net, then you're doing a great job. And like it's you just... said, Doby gets the pucks to the corners. Yeah. Like a old school goaltender, or the puck goes out to the boards, whereas Rask is more of a try and stop it dead in front of him so you can yeah. cover it. When they, when they score in Rask, they're going high. They're they're, yeah. they're it's a nice looking goal. When they score in Doby, I can guarantee if you go back on the replay, it's caused because of a rebound that he threw off. But he's yeah. playing well. I'm I'm sad that one thing we can talk about is he's hurt. Who knows why? Supposedly he's sick. So we'll see. Um, we got McIntyre being the backup tonight. Uh, and then we could talk about David Krejci. Are we worried? Do you think he's coming back? Uh, I, I, he's I, gonna be. Yeah, I, I just think I think he needs more time. I, I don't know if it's if it's LTIR time that he needs. I, um, for my hockey pool's sake, I want it to be so I can put, <laughs> put another player in my roster. I'm not gonna lie. Selfishly, come on. Right. But I definitely hope he's gonna be uh, to return to the lineup soon but if there is an option i mean that seven million dollars you take off the books um and and do you explore an option to bring in a center or just um um you know go from the youth down in providence with a a jfk um, i'd throw jfk in at first and give him the shot because bringing in one of those players um, to do the trade, you're going to have to give up like a Lozon and, and somebody off this roster. And I don't want to do it. I, right. If I'm Sweeney, he doesn't want to stick with the plan. Yeah. Don't listen to, all, don't listen to the fans. Don't listen to the media. Stick <clears throat> with your plan. Just go with it, buddy. It's working. The youth looks amazing. There it does. Or you can, you can go on Twitter and a certain someone who we all know would be saying that Duchesne to Boston <laughs> if he goes on LTIR. He's all over so, it today. All oh over yeah. it. <laughs> I know. I love you, Jesse. If it happens, I'll be very happy for you. I'd love Duchesne to be in a Boston Bruins uniform. The guy's a oh, great yeah. hockey player. I just don't want to have to give up. If you're if you're Colorado, 
your first question doesn't matter whether you've been told no a million times. It's going to be like, I want Brandon Carlo. I want Charlie McAvoy. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, they're gonna... Okay. I want Anders yeah. Bjork. I want Jake DeBrus. Pick one of them because that's the only way the deal is going to happen. They're, and they're not going to get the reality of the situation. That's the way it's going to happen. One of those four has to go the other way. Yeah, they can't take McAvoy. That's that's for sure. No one's taking oh, McAvoy. God, he'll never. Um, he's not going to be traded anytime soon. Yeah, and then Carlo's starting to look a lot better than he was at the beginning of the season. So I don't think he's in there. Nope. And then, like, they want defensive prospects, and the only great defensive prospects we have are the guys that are in Boston right now. I mean, there is Lozon, uh, there is Zaboral, but I wouldn't say they're like superstar trades like for Duchesne. I don't think that's anywhere near enough. So I don't think it'd happen. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think we have the pieces to go. We have, sorry, we have the pieces that go the other way. It's whether we're willing to, the way I look at it is he is a Band-Aid on a, on a leaky ship. So he's stopping the leak on the ship while it's going down or let the leak happen and let the team rebuild and bring in the youth movement. Or you put a Band-Aid on it and we're just going to go through this problem again. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense to me. He, an amazing hockey player. Matt Duchesne plays for Team Canada. He's uh, he's dying over there in Colorado and just could use a change of scenery. I just don't want to give up the pieces to get him here in Boston. We can get him for nothing, sure. But if we have to give up some of our future, don't do the deal. Right. Plus, what's his, his contract's, what, two more years at $6 million? You don't fit that on the books. Especially you've got Krejci coming off LTIR at some point if he does go on it. We just don't have the room for him. Like, what would you do to bring him on that roster? Because even if, so, say Krejci goes on long-term RI, and then we bring in uh, Matt Duchesne. Well, as soon as the season's over, we're going to have to figure out because regardless of who's on long-term injury, they're back on the cap. Just like what the Leafs had to do with Roman Polak this year. They had to put him on a PTO until the season started, and then they miraculously signed him because then they had the cap room. Plus, like, how, like you, you can't get rid of anyone that earns the money for salary relief because they're all on no-trade clauses. And, and, well, it's not even that. Okay, I'll, I'll admit, no-trade clause guys can get traded. But oh yeah, who's going to, like, we, you're not going to take David Krejci. Unfortunately, we're, his salary is too high. He's a $5 million a guy a year making 7 mil. It is what it is. And there's nothing we can do it. At the time when he got his contract, it was what the market is. Unfortunately, he's regressed a bit. He's still a great hockey player. It's just it doesn't work out. So Matt Duchesne is at, yeah, six million for the next two years. Yeah. I mean, even if the Bruins did find some some way to get him here and say the say this team doesn't perform to uh fans' expectation or his expectations. That'd be a real kick in the ass if you lose a lot of assets like, like those defensemen that you were talking about, um, Court or younger players, and then he doesn't resign. So you basically exactly you basically just lost all of that for nothing. So there's there's not there's many angles to look at a trade like this, and it's not just the player and what he can do and what he can bring, but it's what you lose. It's um, uh, future negotiations. Salary cap, um, and and so, and how he's how he a player like that can just come in on a roster 
uh, on a team that's uh, it is rebuilding, retooling, whatever you want to call it, uh, and, and try to create some chemistry. That's a little difficult to, to do when you when you've been playing uh, most of your career or all of your career in um, in Colorado. And, and here's the thing I look at right away. So his contract ends at the end of 2018, 2019. Well, we have two defensemen on our team and a forward that their contracts end the same. So we won't have the money Miller to McQuaid. bring Duchesne back. So so we have Charlie McAvoy, Brandon Carlo, both their contracts. They're restricted free agents 2019, 2020. That's the year that Duchesne is an unrestricted free agent. And Danton Heinen is the same. So if you're telling me if Heinen stays on this roster – Obviously, McAvoy, I can guarantee you, is going to get a huge deal. Carlo's going to get a decent contract. Heinen's going to get a contract. So you either keep all three of them or you have Matt Duchesne. It, I would love, like I said, love to have him here. But unless you move David Krejci's contract to get him, you can't do the deal. Or Bacchus, you have to move one of those deals. Right. You can't bring him in. It's impossible. Contract-wise, if you look at the salary cap, if you look to the future, it's, it's a pipe dream right now to have that guy on this roster without moving one of those two pieces. Because moving young pieces and draft picks to bring him in does nothing for you because no. it creates a huge problem. You need to either move Bacchus or Krejci to bring in Matt Duchesne. So the odds of him coming here, it just it, if he does come here, I don't know what's going on. It's Sweeney. I think it's Sweeney being uh, pressured because why would you bring him in if you have McAvoy and Carlo, who's going to need to be re-signed at the same time as him? That's just a nasty nasty thing to deal with cap management and plus our first round pick this year if the Bruins keep playing the way they've been playing is a high draft lottery pick mm-hmm. Yeah. so why would they move that when they're looking to retool uh, if you if can you imagine if they get second third even first overall that'd be pretty sick yeah just just looking at cap it I I just don't see it happening. Like, who else is a restricted free agent? Greslick, O'Gara, Ryan, um, Anton Bleet. There's a lot of guys. Yeah, Zarnick. there's a lot. There's the, Austin the next like, three years are crazy. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, it just it makes no sense. Peter Kaharik. Like, come on, you're gonna get rid of like I'm naming off way too many guys. If you Doesn't think about Tory it, Tory Cruz JF- contract JF- end round there. Uh, no, he's the year after. But JFK no. would be another guy. So you're telling yep. me you'd want to give all these guys up just to bring in Matt Duchesne unless, like I said, you need to get rid of Bacchus or Krejci. Not just Matt Duchesne, though. This isn't just a Matt Duchesne discussion. Anybody. This is anyone Anybody. over $3 million. Yeah. That's what I'd say. Anyone yeah. over $3 million, you, you can't bring in unless you move a big contract out. And yeah. you can't move a big contract out because you destroy the Your learning pizza. that the kids are getting. Because every that. one of those guys are teaching the kids. You destroy the future of this franchise. Yeah, you really would. Plain simple. Um, uh, I think it's time for uh, what to your Bruin mailbag. We got one from good friend Hollis Jackson. Uh, he asked, "What do you guys think of the play of Paul Postma thus far? And do you think he has a role of anything more than a seventh man, seventh D man on this team?" I don't. I, I think he's just going to be that, that revolving guy that's going to be, you know, he's going to be used in the uh, back-to-back situations a lot this month. Um, but I don't see him being a a, um, a permanent or 
a more able player to be on the lineup uh, more frequently, but I don't, no, I don't see that. I, I said it when they signed him. I don't understand why they signed a right-handed defenseman. Another one. Because, yeah, there's, there's what, four, five on the team? Yep. Five? No. Yeah, there's five now and then two lefties. But I, I don't understand it. I, I honestly think he'll stay with the Bruins till the end of the season. Some guy next year will take his spot and he'll maybe get an AHL contract depending on how he plays. That's that's the kind of player that Paul Postman will be this season. The last time he was in, like a top 16 man was in Winnipeg two years ago. That's when he played like 40 games for the Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. So I I just I think he's going to be a journeyman seventh defenseman. That's all he's going to be. He he doesn't hurt us, so, um. But I don't really notice him out there, to be honest with you. I'm like, oh, he played. Unfortunately, <laughs> he's he's not. Well, it's not. It's not a shot against him. That's a good thing. I'm, I'm not noticing mistakes either. It's just yeah. he's exactly what we need him to be. That guy that can fill in. Unfortunately, Brennan, um Joe Morrow couldn't do it last year. Uh, at least Postman, when we bring him in, he doesn't hurt us. I, I who did. Was the guy so, the year, who was so, the guy so, the year before? So it was Morrow last year. Uh, the year before that, well, actually, and uh, Rob, you were right. Winnipeg Jets played 65 games. There you go. Yeah. 2016-17. So last year, 65 games. Oh. I, I thought he played less than that. No. Yeah. What, what I noticed, well, still. one thing I noticed about Postma is when he, when he did play was he kind of, I don't know if this is the right wording for it, but he rushed the play, even though that the like a pass was only ten feet away. He really pushed it forward really fast. I think he was like just that kind of player that we like. You guys were talking about um, with uh, Jimmy Hayes and like gripping the stick just a little too much. Uh, maybe it might have been a little bit of nerves because um, he. I mean that that was that was that the only game he played so far this year. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think he had another game, but we'll see what happens on how uh, the rotation works. Just quickly talking about that before we get into the next question. That's uh, it. That's it for questions. Does everyone? All right. Does everyone remember the fact that Ryan White is still on a PTO? Yeah, and, and like I've not heard anyone talk about it, but and, he's still on PTO because he hasn't played a game. So many people think that's he's crazy. in Providence. I don't understand oh, no. why they think they think he's in Providence and he's a he's with the Bruins and a PTO. They're like, why don't they call oh. him up? I'm like, he's not down there, and they continue to argue with me, saying that PTO players are only down in Providence. No, is no. it unless they're play. thinking of PRO players, which yeah. is Providence's abbreviation. Yeah, exactly. And no. um, basically, what happens is because he hasn't played a game for the Bruins yet, his PTO is still ongoing. Uh, what is it? Two, two or three games? Yeah, you get. I, but he, it, he it has to be in a role. Like as soon as he plays one and six, seven, he's gone. So he could he could practice with the team for the whole year if they wanted him to. Yeah, yeah, and that that's my that might be what they do, and just keep him on that PTO in case he's needed. The thing is, he'll still get paid. Like he'll for you get paid services rendered for your contract, don't you? Yes. So the longer he travels with the team, the more money he's earning. So he doesn't care. But the the, and, the thing that I'm 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 
weirded out about is is the passion to get him in the lineup to stir some some to stir something up. Why I, I don't understand why the, the the tough guy needs to be back in this lineup. I think I, I think it's over with. I mean I, I think that they're gonna find supporting players that play an all around game. Um, but I that's all he is to me is just a, a guy that throws his body around and stirs the pot. Yeah. I mean we we've been calling it since the first episode I did the podcast with you. We've been calling for four lines of speed and skill. And we finally get four lines of speed and skill and guys are like Where's where's the like Thorntons and Yeah <laughs> like Campbells and Pyres of the We world need a world. grinder, we need a fighter. It's like yeah. oh it's a it's a dead art. I saw someone the other day saying um they wish they had Derek Dorset on the team because now he's scoring goals. And I was <laughs> like, Oh my god. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is one guy who I would hate to be a Bruin. Not a so like Matt Martin works on the Leafs because he's on a line with two speedy wingers. So yeah. he, he doesn't look like a liability out there. But un- unfortunately, we don't have enough speed yet to have a guy, in my opinion, on the team right now. I think he would just hurt us. He would get caught up because some of our defense are not that fast. So it's just not going to work. But, hey, I could be wrong and he could play. He could be serviceable. I I just don't see it. I, I don't disagree with you or Mark. I it, I just don't see it in today's hockey anymore. The the I role just, of the enforcer just doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah, I just think he's honestly there as like extreme backup in cases of a lot of injuries or pressure. Because yeah, well they they just they just don't want. I don't think they want to start bringing guys up that are waiver eligible. Even though they brought Agostino up, I I don't think they'll bring anyone else up that would have to go through waivers. So uh, I think it's honestly he's there in case there's any more injuries now, and if there is, then he comes in. Right. If there isn't, then he just stays there. And they get but how many guys have we got out now? We've got McQuaid, Miller, uh, Krejci, Spooner. Spooner, and two of those guys are on LTIR because McQuaid's on LTIR, and then Spooner's on LTIR. So in a second. So there's there's five no, million. No, only McQuaid is on a long term injury. No, oh, I thought Spooner was as well. Nope, he's just oh. on IR. Him and Achari are on the IR. Oh, oh yeah, you got Achari coming back. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's been skating. Yeah. yeah, and oh well, they got CBS um, Sports dot com has Anton Hudobin with a lower body injury. Uh-oh. Krejci with the back, McQuay with the leg, Spooner with the groin, and Achari with the hand. Interesting. Um, the uh, My weekly prospect uh, update will be done uh, shortly after we, we say goodbye. Well, um, we're just running out of short in time uh, since we didn't do the show yesterday, so I'm going to record that and add it on, so um, I'm not skipping out on that at all, but um we're definitely uh, right around an hour i think we should close it up so people can go eat feed their babies and um how, how is emma by the way real quick she's she's very good um she's 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 gonna be one years old in uh in four weeks so nice that's pretty cool man it, time flies i remember 
I remember when we first got you uh, with us, she was only, I think, three months. And, uh, yeah, what what a, Jesus! I can't believe that. One year. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, buddy. Thanks. All right, guys. Um, please, thank you. I mean, follow us, subscribe, rate, comment. Uh, you can get us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, uh, Player.fm, all kinds of great uh, uh, podcatchers we are available on. Um, thank you uh, very much for listening, and definitely we'll be back um, uh, regular regular programming day, which is Sunday next week. Um, but again, thank you for listening, and uh, take care. Go Bees! Now time for this week's Boston Bruins prospect update for the week of October 22nd to the 29th, 2017. Starting off in the American Hockey League with the Providence Bruins. The Baby Bees played two games on the road over the weekend, starting in Binghamton, New York on Friday night with a 4-1 win over the Devils. And Saturday night, the Baby Bees lost 3-2 to the Hershey Bears. Goal scorers in Friday night's action saw two goals from Austin Zarnick, a goal from Josh Hennessy, and a goal from Anton Bleed. Saturday's night's game, Colton Hargrove was the only guy to show up on the scoreboard for the Baby Bees as he posts his first two goals of the season in the losing effort. The Providence team gets back on the ice with three straight games this coming weekend, starting on Friday night at the dunk against the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, on the road Saturday night against the Hartford Wolfpack, then back home on Sunday afternoon against Bridgeport. In the East Coast Hockey League, the Atlanta Gladiators, goaltender Dan Vlada got his first win of the 2017-18 season for the Glads, stopping 21 of 26 shots in a 6-5 win over Jacksonville on Thursday night, October 26th. On Sunday, October 29th, he was back in the crease and looked a lot more comfortable stopping 36 of 38 in the 4-2 win over the Orlando Solar Bears. Ontario Hockey League Oshawa Generals 2017 second round pick Jack Sunika had two assists in last week's action, bringing his season total to four goals, 13 assists, 17 points in 15 games played. Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the St. John Sea Dogs 2017 sixth round pick Cedric Parry had one assist last week, but has really impressed many with his game, even though he's not producing major points. He has four goals, three assists, seven points in 17 games. NCAA men's hockey, Harvard University's Ryan Donato started his senior 2017-18 season off with a bang, scoring a shorthanded goal and later added a power play goal to get the Crimson to a 5-0 win over Dartmouth. Trent Frederick of the Wisconsin Badgers had one goal in Friday night's game against St. Lawrence University and had an assist in Saturday night's game again against St. Lawrence to complete the back-to-back contest and is currently on a six-game point streak. Frederick has five goals, five assists, ten points in nine games played this season. And that is this week's Boston Bruins prospect update for the week of October 22nd to the 29th, 2017. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at Black and Gold 277, at Court Lalonde, and at Rob Forty Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.